please stand with us and sing. Come, Jesus, come. Come, Jesus, come. We need your mighty presence in our lives. So we call on your name. Hear us, Lord, as we pray. We say, come, Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Come and build your throne among us. Lord, we offer you our praise. Arise and fill the temple of our heart. Exalted in this place. Exalted in this place. on this beautiful Sunday morning to everybody who is watching online. Welcome to worship to you. I just love watching online. If at any point when you're watching online, there's any kind of delays, things, pause, uh, iffy, just hit the pause button on your video. Give a little bit of time to catch up and then hit play. And I promise you it will work so much better. So a little, even if it's a live, stream. You can sign at the bottom, hit pause, give it some time to you'll be make perfect quality. But all right, kids, uh, actually, first, the peace be with you all and also with you guys, one another. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. And let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning. We turn to you and we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and bless us with your power as we worship you this morning. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. All right, we have a small but mighty group of kids here this morning. You guys want to come in a little bit? You want to talk with me for just a little before you head to Sunday school? 
Yeah? Well, so this morning, the adults and I are going to talk about something that's really important, like super, super important, one of the most important things in the whole entire world. Any guesses what we're going to talk about? Did you just say love? Are you? That is amazing. Oh my goodness, you are completely right. That is just absolutely wonderful. I think you're having a, you know, a great moment this morning. So yes, we are going to talk about love. The adults and I are going to talk about love because you know that love is one of the most important things in the whole entire world. And not just, you know, finding somebody to love, but loving in all that we do. It's one of the most important things in the whole entire world. And you know what both Jesus and the Apostle Paul tell us? They tell us that sometimes we have to love people even if we don't like them very much. <gasps> Can you believe that? We have to love people even if they might be our enemies. Can you believe that? We have to love people. It doesn't mean we need to be their best friend. It doesn't mean that, that we need to you know, go out of our way to buy them presents or anything like that. But what do you think it means to love your enemies? I want to know what you think. What do you think it means to love your enemies? Any guesses? Yeah. To not hate them. Mm-hmm. Like, not feel aggression to them. Okay. That's good. To don't, not to feel aggression when you think about them. Exactly. You don't want to be too outwardly angry at them. And sometimes maybe you understand that people are just people, and, and they're the way that they are for whatever reason. And so you can love somebody by not being too outwardly angry with them. Exactly. And what about if we need to love somebody that we might be upset with? How do you love somebody if you really, you do like them, but you're upset with them in that moment? How should we love somebody like that? Yeah. Ooh, don't hold a grudge against them. I love that. Try not to be too mean. And don't hold a grudge against them. That's exactly right. And then we also have to love people that are in our families. We have to love our parents and our grandparents and our siblings. And sometimes it can be a little tough to love our, love our siblings, can it? Sometimes our siblings might get under our skin a little bit. Yeah? Anybody think that? Maybe sometimes, maybe a little, but we love them anyways. Don't we love our siblings no matter what? And we always love everybody. So both Jesus and the Apostle Paul tell us that it's so important to love. And you know, there's, there's one other person who wrote a letter who said that if we love, then it's like God's love is being perfected in us. So the more that we love, the closer we get to God. Can you believe that? The more that we love, the closer we get to who? God. The more we love, the closer we get to God. All right, friends, now let's stand and say a prayer before you go off to Sunday school. And let us pray. Holy and loving God, we thank you for first loving us. Teach us how to love. Show us how to love. Let us follow your example so that we can be loving like you. We pray this all through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, the one who showed us such tremendous love. And together we say, Amen. And you can go off to Sunday school. Go, my children, with my blessing, never alone. Waking, sleeping, 
And now if anybody has any announcements, they can come forward at this time. I do have a couple of announcements for, from Gay Maltretter, who I believe has already made her way south to Florida for the next month. So she still has some announcements for you. And the first announcement is that they did give us a new birthday buddies list. This is for the foster kids, the birthday buddies. So in the newsletter that went out, there's copies of the newsletter if you need a copy in the back of the sanctuary that had the old list. And now we also have a new list and there's some copies printed in the back of the sanctuary if you want to take one with you to pick up some items for the birthday buddies for our foster kids. And then as these ladies are getting ready right here, our next announcement is that the Women's Fellowship has come up with a really cool idea, especially since we have so many people watching with us still online that are, are here but not here in person, and we want to share our love with everybody. And so at the end of every month, we are going to sing happy birthday to everyone, and that's what these ladies are, are here for. And so we are going to sing happy birthday to all of the January birthday people. So give me a little raise of the hand or, or maybe wave online if you are a January birthday. Can I see any January birthday hands? I see a few. I know Miss Sue was too. She's already off with the kids. So happy birthday to all of you and to our January birthdays online. Happy birthday to you as well. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear friends, happy birthday to you. Wonderful. And if that is it for announcements, then let us join in lighting our peace candle. Holy and loving God, as we begin our service of worship, we light this candle of peace. And Lord, we ask that your peace can enter into our lives. We ask that you can help us to be instruments of peace in this world. Bless us with your peace so that we can be your hands and your feet, spreading peace everywhere that we go. Let there be peace on earth, Lord, and let us be a part of that peace. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. join us for the morning litany, the opening litany. Lord, because love is patient, 
Because love is kind. Because love does not envy or boast and is not proud. Because love is not rude or self-seeking. Because love is not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs. Because love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Because love always protects and always trusts. Finally, because love always preserves. Amen. Here I am once again. I pour out my heart for I know that you hear every cry. You are listening, no matter what stage my heart is in. You are faithful to answer with words that are true and the hope that is real as I freedom to all that's within in the safety of this place i'm longing to pour out my heart to say that i love you pour out my heart to say that i need you pour out my heart to say that i'm thankful pour out my heart Say that you're wonderful. Here I am once again. I pour out my heart for I know that you hear every cry. You Say that I'm thankful for out my 
In the safety of this place, I'm longing to pour out my heart to say that I love you. Pour out my heart to say that I need you. Pour out my heart to say that I'm thankful. Pour out my heart to say that you're wonderful. Amen. And if you've received a copy of our newsletter via email or snail mail, then you know who Kaylee is who just came forward. You heard her preach this summer if you were around this summer. And so Kaylee is our new starting now. She's our new student pastoral care intern. She does hospice chaplaincy. She is still in seminary. And so you will see a lot of Kaylee. And those of you on the pastoral care team will get to know Kaylee well. And so Kaylee, welcome officially. She's already a member of the church, but welcome here in this new capacity. And if you need a copy of the newsletter, if you didn't receive it via email or you just like to have a print copy, there's some copies in the back of the sanctuary. Now we are going to read from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now if you've been to a wedding ever and all of time, you have heard this read. However, I really want you to pay attention because this actually is not meant for weddings specifically. It's meant for a community, specifically a community in conflict. So these are words that are powerful and wonderful and we can learn from these words today and every day. So we are going to learn from the Apostle Paul's wisdom today as he tells us about the gift of love. So if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. All right, you know that's not going to fly for me, friends. Get your hearts ready. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, please say amen. Amen. Starting with verse 1. If I speak in the tongue of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I put an end to my childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly. But then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
To those who were watching online, my apologies. We had a brief interruption there, so we had to start a new video stream. So you missed part of this song, but it was beautiful, and so we're glad to have you back with us. And now, friends, let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you on this day, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. All right, so this chapter that we just read happens to be one of my favorite chapters in all of the letters in the New Testament. This chapter is good. It is powerful. This is one of those chapters, if you want to memorize anything in the Bible, let this be one of the things that you have memorized because this, it is powerful. It is thought-provoking. One of the problems when we have a reading that we hear so often, you know, you go to a wedding and what do they read? First Corinthians chapter 13, because it's good and it's beautiful and it's powerful. But one of the problems when we hear something so commonly and so regularly, we stop paying attention to each of the verses. We stop paying attention to how powerful it is. And so we really need to pause and pay attention to what we just read this morning because what we just read was powerful and prophetic and some of the most beautiful stuff that the Apostle Paul has ever written. So if you can't tell, I really like this chapter. I like it a lot. But we need to understand and what this chapter is is surrounded by. What is this chapter? And in order to do that, we need to know a little bit more about the church in Corinth. So there's just a couple details that you need to know. First, the Apostle Paul actually built the church in Corinth. So he went to Corinth, all of the apostles, they started in Jerusalem, that was their home base, and then they went out, they traveled to different places. The Apostle Paul was called to preach to the Gentiles, and these were mostly Gentiles that were in the church in Corinth. There were some Jewish Christians, but most they were Gentiles. And so the Apostle Paul went out and, and he spread and he preached and then he built up churches as did the other apostles. But this is one of the churches that the Apostle Paul himself with some of his students built up. And that also means that when there were troubles in the church, who did the people reach out to? They reached out to Paul. They wrote letters to Paul when they had problems. And they said, Paul, we need your help. And man, oh man, did this church have some problems. They seriously had some problems. I'll just tell you a few of their problems. There were members in the church that didn't get along. And so they were suing each other in court. Could you imagine that? Yeah, exactly. I love the looks on your faces right there when I told you. And that's, that was Paul's response too, being like, are you kidding me? You can't work this out 
amongst yourselves. You have to sue each other in court. And then at that time, this is about 20 years after the death and the resurrection of Jesus, at that time, they would have these things called love feasts or agape feasts. And really what they were is they were these big communion meals where instead of just having communion the way that we have it, they came together for a meal to break the bread together, to drink the wine together. And they were called love feasts. By the way, eventually Christians would also be accused of cannibalism because of the body and the blood of Christ. That's just a little fun fact for you there. But, and so they would come together for love feasts. But what would happen is as all the rich people who didn't have to work as much they would get there early and then they would eat all the food and they would drink all of the wine and then the other people who had to work long hours and and maybe they had jobs as servants and so they couldn't get there until late at night by the time that they arrived there was no more food for them and all of the rich people were drunk and there was no more wine for them and this wasn't a very good thing for the church if you can imagine and that word got back to the apostle paul so the apostle paul is like are you kidding me people you guys are supposed to do this together this is supposed to be a community meal celebrating the the gift of our lord jesus christ and then here's my personal favorite you've heard me mention this before but there was actually a man sleeping with his stepmother so that was another issue that they had in the church i mean seriously the church in corinth had some issues and then eventually the corinthians because they were kind of weak in their faith and in their development they ended up having these super apostles as the apostle paul calls them he calls them super apostles and they were not very super at all what they did is they came in and they were good preachers and they made the people feel good but then they they told the churches to give them the money instead of sending the money to jerusalem that they collected because all that those super apostles wanted was the money and so they would convince the people to send money to them instead of sending money to jerusalem which was going out and starting all of these churches and so that was another issue that they had in Corinth. They had so many issues. And so the Apostle Paul writes to this church, and they actually write back and forth and back and forth. But the Apostle Paul writes to the church, and in the middle of this heated letter where the Apostle Paul is not very happy with the people in Corinth, in the middle of this heated letter, Paul slows down and writes what is probably the most beautiful thing ever written about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. I need that as a mantra running through my head when I'm about to lose my temper. Anybody else with me? Love is not envious. It's also not boastful. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. Love does not insist on its own way. These words, they are, they are true and they are powerful. And Paul slows down in this letter where he is essentially in many ways reprimanding the church and trying to straighten out all of the church's bad behavior. He slows down and writes one of the most beautiful statements ever written about love. And he was talking to people who were in the middle of chaos and turmoil. He was talking to people as he was writing this letter who were literally suing each other in court. He was talking to people who were being 
being gluttons and not saving enough food for other people. He was talking to people who had big egos and didn't care about what anybody else had to say because they were always right. Anybody know anybody like that? They were talking to people who thought that they had all the answers and didn't care what the church in in Jerusalem had to say because they were always right. The Apostle Paul knew that he was talking to people just like that and still he slows down and writes this letter because he wants even the people with the biggest egos, even the people with the biggest sins, even the people people who are the, the biggest gluttons, he wants all of them to listen to these words. Now before we understand this, if you read the newsletter, give me a little wave of the hand if you read the newsletter, the article in the newsletter. Ooh, you guys are good. Okay, so you guys know what this is, but I'm going to go over it for everybody. So here's what we need to understand. In our New Testament, it was written in Greek. And in Greek, there's not just one word that translates into our word in English, which is love. In English, we have this word love. You know, I can look at you and say, I love you because I do. My heart loves you, but I'm not loving you the same way that I'm loving my husband. You know, it's a little bit different, Sue. You know, the love that I have for you and the love that I have for my husband. And even those two types of love are still different than the love that I have for my children. And all these different types of love, they're different. But in English, we have just one word. And here's the really interesting thing. In Greek, there are four words for love. So we're just going to quickly go through these four words for love. So let's do our Greek class right now. So one of the words that that we think about for love, this is the word eros. This is in Greek. This word eros means love. However, this did not make it into the New Testament. If it was going to make its way anywhere into the New Testament, it would have been in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, by the way, as he's trying to correct some of their behavior. So what eros is, this is where we get the word erotic. You know, this is the the sensual kind of love. And so that's what eros means. So that doesn't make it into the New Testament. The next kind of love is philia love. Maybe you're thinking about Philadelphia, the city of of brotherly love. But really, it's not brotherly so much. It's it's the love of friends. So philia is the love of friends. You know, I have a friend who just had a really bad car accident. One of my best friends back home, she had a terrible car accident where there was this freak like ice storm as she was driving to work one morning and her car just happened to hit the patch of ice and and it spun out and then car after car after car crashed into her only by the grace of God is she alive with no broken bones whatsoever, just a banged up body, but she does have a concussion. So I am this friend that keeps calling her and checking in on her and and I sent her flowers and I sent her gluten-free cake because she can't eat gluten, all those kind of things. So the love of a friend is a really powerful kind of love, but still it's not the kind of love that the Apostle Paul is talking about. Another type of love is storge love. This is the familial love. This is the love that you have for your children. You know, all you parents here, when your newborn child was placed on your chest for the very first time and you felt this, you know, infectious love that words could not even explain, that's storge love. That's that familial love. But even familial love isn't perfect. I mean, you can have a familial love for somebody and still your relationship can break apart. You can love your child and still there can be tension as they grow. So they there can be problems even with storge love. It's a beautiful kind of love, but it's still not the greatest kind of love. And it's not the kind of love that the Apostle Paul is talking about. Because when the Apostle Paul writes this letter, he talks about agape love. He talks about agape love. And this is the unconditional love. 
Agape love is unconditional love. It is the love of God. It is the love that we are called to have for one another. The agape love of God is what sent Jesus here to this earth. The agape love for God is what made Jesus hang on the cross and die for us and then rise again. The agape love is the love that is unconditional regardless of our sins, regardless of when we mess up. That God loves us no matter what. That's agape love love. And that is the kind of love that the Apostle Paul is talking about here. In Greek, it says agape, because the New Testament written in Greek, when we read love, it says agape. He's talking about agape love here. He wants us to have an unconditional love for one another, a love that is so great that it even, you know, is stronger than sins and anger and hatred. And so here's something that we need to know about unconditional love. Imagine right now for me the person who you like least in the world. Maybe this is hard to do for some of you. Maybe it's easier for others. Imagine for me right now the person who you dislike the, the, dislike the most in this world. Imagine that they're standing right in front of you. Love is patient. Love is kind. Imagine that person that you don't ever want to go to dinner with because you know that the second you go to dinner with them, they're going to bring up politics and you don't agree with them on politics and they're going to bring up religion and you don't agree with them on religion and they're going to bring up all those hot button issues that you know what, I don't think you agree with them on any of these issues and yet they're going to bring them up and imagine going to a, a dinner and sitting with this person right in front of you. Imagine having this person bring up all these hot button issues that you are just not in agreement with and then imagine these words entering your mind love does not insist on its own way imagine that somebody who has done you wrong anybody ever have somebody who's just done you wrong in your life you know they've just done done some really bad things imagine that you're here at church like we were last night serving the community dinner and and maybe you're one of our food runners running the food out to the car as taylor and nathan did last night imagine that you're one of the food runners and then that person that you dislike so much because they have done you wrong in so many ways it's like they just any chance they get they stab you with a knife metaphor imagine that you're running food out to the cars and then you go out to see how many dinners this car needs and it's that person that person that you loathe with all of your being that person that you struggle to forgive imagine that you go out to the car and you see it's that person but then you hear the words love is not irritable or resentful and so you go and you get a dinner and you hand it to them and you smile and you say, have a blessed day. Do you know where I'm going here? These words that the Apostle Paul writes, these words are written to a community in conflict. They are written for people who might not like each other, and yet they are meant to challenge people. This chapter should actually challenge us. When we think about these words, love, we shouldn't just think about somebody that, that we're going to marry. I mean, when two, couple, when two people come together and they want to marry each other here on this altar, they want to spend the rest of their lives with one another. They are not, you know, afraid to 
love one another at all. Yeah, they're going to hit bumps in the road that they don't know about yet, but they love each other. They want to spend the rest of their lives together. This letter is actually not written for people like them, though it's a great reminder for them. This letter is written for people who are in conflict. So when you read this letter, I want you to think about people that you struggle with the most. When you read this chapter, I want you to think about the people that you struggle to forgive. When you read this letter, I want you to think about those people who you think about them and you just get those shivers up the back of your spine because you struggle with your emotions toward those people so much. This letter where Paul tells us that we need to practice agape love, unconditional love, this letter is meant to challenge us in the hardest of ways. It sounds beautiful. It sounds, it sounds like it's just a sweet letter, but it is meant to challenge us because think about what the Apostle Paul says. He's like, I, you know, if I don't have love, I'm like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. As I say at every wedding, that's Paul's pastoral way of saying that without love, he is simply obnoxious. We are called to love people, even the people we don't like. We are called to love people. It might not mean that we have to be in, a, in an actual relationship with them, but we are called to show God's love, God's unconditional love to the people that we just don't like very much. Now, thinking about all this, there is this song that my kids and I hear through our, our, you know, our Spotify all the time. There's this song that comes up as we're listening to Christian music, and a lot of times my kids will ask, actually ask me to play it. I would play it for you right now, but we'd end up with streaming issues because of copyright issues, so I can't play it for you right now. But this song, I'll tell you the chorus. This song, I think, just hits the nail on the head. This song is written by Josh Wilson, and it's called Revolutionary. And listen to the lyrics of this song. It says, Why does kindness seem revolutionary? This is the verse I love. (laughs) When did we let hate get so ordinary? It's the verse that gets me every time. I'm going to repeat that. When did we let hate get so ordinary? Let's turn it around, flip the script, judge slow, love quick. God help us get revolutionary. I don't know why agape love is such a revolutionary idea. I don't know why in this world it seems like everybody is so darn quick to hate and so slow to love. Do you realize that? Everybody is so good at at pushing what they care about and ignoring everything else. Everybody is so quick to demonize other people. You know, you say something that I don't like, suddenly you're evil. That's how we're so good at doing this in this world. We are so good at putting more and more hate into this world. And when I say we, I mean humanity. We are so good at making making hate such an ordinary thing when when hate is something that should never be ordinary and i think that we need to start to think about how we can make a revolutionary or a revolution of love Because we need a revolution of love where we start to turn towards this wisdom of the Apostle Paul. We need a revolution of love where we think that we have a God who loves us so much that he sent his son to live and to die and to rise again for us. We have a God who forgives us of even our worst sins. We have a God who loves us even when we mess up. Sometimes we might mess up so darn bad. Anybody ever mess up before in our lives? 
We have a God who loves us even when our ideas are wrong. We have a God who loves us even when we're going down a wrong path. And our God who loves us that much calls us to love one another. God doesn't just call us to love the people that we like. God calls us to love our enemies as well. So I have no idea how hate got so ordinary in this world. I mean, I've got a few ideas, but I'm going to tell you that I think hate is way too ordinary in this world. I think Josh Wilson, the one who wrote this song, man, he's got these words down perfectly. Anybody else think that hate is way too ordinary in this world? We need a revolution of love. Dr. King said, I've decided to stick with love because hate is too great of a burden to bear. There's so much hate in this world and not enough love. So I don't know about you, but I really want to start a revolution of love. I can't handle all the hate in the world. I can't handle all the demonizing. It's not like Jesus at all. So why don't we start a revolution of love? And the best way to do it is to listen to these words of the Apostle Paul. So I'm going to read them to you again. Listen to these words. When you get home, get a pen and get your Bible and underline these words. Underline the things that challenge you the most because we come to church sometimes to be challenged so we can be better Christians, better versions of ourselves. So we're going to read this again. And when you get home, read it again. And tomorrow, read it again. And when you're bored and you're looking through Facebook on your phone, read it again. When you find yourself scrolling through TikTok, read it again. Just read this again, and it will slowly but surely change us. It will influence our thoughts and our actions and everything. So let's read these words once again. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all of my possessions and hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love, agape love, is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant, or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. Everybody hear these words. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For now we know only in part and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, when the kingdom of heaven comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, let's become adults, friends. I put an end to my childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly. But then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. And the greatest of these is love. Let's start a revolution of love. And let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God. There, right there, loving God. God who loves us even when we don't deserve it. 
God who loves us through our sins and our shortcomings. God who loves us always. Teach us how to love. Show us how to love with an unconditional love. Show us how to start a revolution of love. Show us how to overcome hate and hate and anger and resentment and ego and all of that stuff that drags us down. Show us how to love. Teach us your way, not the world's way, but your way. Fill us with your power. And now we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It is now time for our tithes and offering. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. And let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Trading my sorrows, 
blessing of God. Go forth with the agape love of Christ. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.